God does extraordinary things through ordinary people. So each week we sit down with a soda to hear a story from a different person from our church family. Welcome to the Sodas and Stories podcast, where we dive deep into the hurts, the healings, the tragedies, and the triumphs of all the different members of our church family. Each week we hear about someone different story and what God has done through their lives. Feel free to share and subscribe to what we're doing here. Thank you so much for being a part of this and welcome to the journey. Welcome to the Sodas and Stories podcast. This is our very first podcast that we're doing. And today, one of my favorite people at our church <laughs> is here. It's it's Doug Day. Doug is here. Uh, Doug, first of all, what I'm learning about this podcast stuff as I interview you, so I'm making this up as the whole thing happens. So that's exciting times right there. So we don't know what's going to happen. We have no idea. Supposedly there's a mute button if something bad happens, but uh, we're not sure where that button is. So we'll just, you know, we'll make it work as time goes along. Um, so each each week when we do this, we have a soda that is available. Uh, sodas are provided by a... A restaurant that may or may not specialize in sodas, whom because they're not our sponsor, we're not going to say the actual brand of company that they're here. Uh, you'll figure it out pretty quick. It's a drive-in, so there's your there's your free hint. And they yep. have slushies. And they have slushies. <laughs> <laughs> you don't yeah you don't need to know any more than that. So uh, so Doug, what soda did did you roll out with as we go through this? I got a cherry limeade. So do you have a reason for why you went with cherry limeade? No, I just like cherry limeade. Cherry limeade. <laughs> cherry limeade is like it's the like... dude. It's like the all American drink. It's it's like the staple <laughs> drink from that from that particular drive-in. Like you can't ever go wrong with it. I went with the sweet tea. I had a Dr Pepper earlier today, and the more soda I drink, uh, the more I realize I can't do anything like physically after mm-hmm. I'm done with it. So, uh, sweet tea is like my elixir of life, though. I I cannot ever drink enough sweet tea. As I as I do anything, so um, so, Doug, I just want to start off and say that we are like super thrilled that you're part of our church family. So for those of you who don't know Doug, Doug is a part of our young adult ministry, and he's going to be sharing a little bit of his story. So Doug, if you want to start from like the beginning, start from scratch, I'm just going to ask you story, ask you questions along the way. But you've been a part of our church family for a little over two years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, where'd you grow up? So yeah, I grew up in Abilene, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, most everyone here at Northwest knows where that is, uh, which was surprising. I don't know. It was a little surprising to me that everyone uh, there. There's so many connections to Abilene here because of you know the the college and everything. So, um, but yeah, so I grew up in Abilene, Texas. I grew up in the church, uh, born and raised. Uh, both of my parents were very dedicated members of the church. My dad was uh, one of the, the deacons in the church. Um, I grew up in a small, somewhat small congregation, um, and it was pretty much like a big family. Yeah. It was a big family environment. Like, those are, I, I to this day, I mean, I still say that's, the church family is the one that raised me. So when you say small congregation, like, what's a ballpark number of what you think? Was part of that church? Mm, well, okay. So it started off maybe, at least when I was born, uh, I want to say maybe, maybe over, maybe, maybe around like right below 60, maybe. Okay. Okay. Uh, but then we grew a little bit more because we built a new church building. Okay. So uh, we, we grew up a little bit more. Um, but it was still small enough to where everyone knew everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was uh, that was that was my upbringing. Like all of uh, all of the uh, kids I grew up with uh, in the church, like we were all kind of raised together. Mm-hmm. Like their parents, I feel like they're th- like they're my second parents. Um, uh, that was just my environment, um, and a lot of the people at the church were also, uh, I would see them around, like they were in my community. Like, Mm -hmm. um, one of my friends, his dad was my football coach and, um, 
his mom was my assistant principal when I was in elementary school and, you know, stuff like that. It was just, they were just around my community. So I just really grew up in that community. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, dude. You said you played football growing up. What type of kid were like, what kind of stuff were you into growing up? Like sports, drama, music, all of the above. What was it for you? Well, I mean, my, of course, like my parents, like they put me in sports. Yeah. But and I played them, but I was kind of I feel like I was more in the more in the artsy side. I was really into into movies and theater. Okay. Um, actually, my dad my dad is the one who got me into theater because he he he's a drama guy too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. cool. Yeah, because um, he's uh, he was from New York and he was really he's really into theater and plays and he did a lot of um, community plays in Abilene yeah, and cool. um, in fact he was uh, there was this. Uh, this theater in Abilene uh, called I don't I can't remember the the oh the Abilene Community Theater okay. ACT yeah they uh, he was actually the first black person in Abilene to put on to put uh, to stage an all black uh, production of okay. uh, Fences wow okay yeah so that's probably something that you probably should have mentioned to anyone listening that uh, Doug is black and yeah. so they yeah. probably didn't yeah. know that on the microphone yeah so uh, so yeah. <laughs> Well, and, and the only reason that I wanted to mention that is that the way that you see the world is a little different from people like me yeah. who who see the world. And so having those experiences has shaped you quite a bit, too. And like you and I have talked about some of that. But what did that mean when your dad started establishing, you know, a theater that was like an all black production? What did that mean to you? Oh, well, I don't remember. I will say I don't remember all of it at the time because I was really this. I was really, really little. Oh, OK. When this okay. happened. So a lot of it's kind of foggy. Mm hmm. But uh, I I vaguely remember just being back like behind uh, like behind this or behind stage and uh, whenever he's getting ready with the cast and seeing everybody in their costumes and just sitting around like I remember that feeling of just like wow this is so cool and I get to see my dad in a play and I remember <laughs> like uh, he would also volunteer there as well like he was he was a really really uh, he and my mom, they both uh, volunteered uh, at, cool. sometimes at the theater, like passing out um, programs to people and everything, yeah. uh, ushering or something. And me and my sister would be kind of like in the back uh, playing or whatever. And um, But yeah, I just remember, but I'm still like in that theater community. Mm -hmm. And I remember like at, after one of the productions, he would come and, introdu and uh, introduce me to the, the actors and... Uh, I think like at that time he was, right? yeah, yeah, it's me, yeah. <laughs> uh, even though it was this community theater, still yeah, it was, yeah. you know, it still was cool for me just to, to see that. And um, I think that's where I really got more of. That's where I kind of got my my um, artistic influence mm -hmm. from that experience. Yeah, and um, I remember back to like back to uh, fences. I remember, uh, like I said, I don't remember a lot. I was little, but I remember. Uh, a lot of people from from my church were in that, mm. um, and I it was just a really cool feeling like to see people up on stage acting that I go to church with, mm. and um, yeah, it was everybody showed it a lot of love, and um, yeah, that's that's just that's what I remember. Uh, yeah, yeah, just that feeling of well, I wanted. You know, I want to do something like this. I want to bring everyone together like this. My yeah. dad did this; uh, could do this in theater, and I want to do something that brings people together like this too. Yeah, and so and Fences was a big deal. I remember seeing Fences uh, three, four years ago, and it was Denzel Washington who was the main character, right? And only Denzel could do basically one massive, massive monologue, which is basically mm -hmm. what I felt like the movie was, and still be like, man, that was awesome, <laughs> even though it's just one giant. Uh, one giant speech, but goodness, that was that was powerful. Um, absolutely. So, as you're getting, but as you're getting older, um, tragedy hits your family like mm -hmm. real hard. So, could would you be comfortable sharing some of that? What took place? Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I was nine, my um, that's uh, my dad passed away. Um, he, I just remember he got he got really sick. He got pneumonia, and he was taking medication mm -hmm. for his uh he had arthritis okay. really bad and it just the the medicine was uh the side effect was like it kind of complicated his immune system so when he got pneumonia that's what uh that's what did it mm. 
So it just tore everything up. Yeah, and um, it just it wasn't. No one saw it coming. It just mm-hmm. he was just. It just happened. It was really unexpected. How old and was he? Because you were nine, so he I was nine. Been he old. was no, he was in his early forties. Yeah, when it yes. happened. So, um, and it just, yeah, every, it just changed everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember the church was just there for us during yeah. that time because um, so many people um, had so much respect for my dad. Like I said, he was very respected in the church. Yeah. Um, a lot of people um, really, uh, they, if anyone in Abilene that knew my dad, like they would, like no one said anything bad about him. He mm-hmm. was just that kind of person. He genuinely cared for people Yeah, and he was there for people and people remember that. And, uh, so when he passed, it hit. It wasn't just, not just our family, but like everybody. Yeah. In the church and in the Abley community as well, too. So who all came in? Yeah. So it was you, your mom. You have an older sister. Younger sister. Younger sister. And so just the three of y'all are kind of just there without this leader of the family. So what was life like as a teenager, growing up, getting older, um, and you know, dad's not around as much. How did the church play a role? Uh, for you at this point? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, when I was, I remember being a teen and I was, I felt like I was really, I got really angry and irritable a lot. Hmm. And a lot of it, like, I don't know really why. I was like, why was I even mad at that point? I just, I don't know. Maybe it was just a phase. But I just know, like, I really was frustrated that I was, that at the fact that, you know, here I am a teenager and there is, you know, growing into that stage between a boy and a man yeah. and I don't have my dad to really go to and talk mm-hmm. to think, talk to about this. So I remember just, I was really being frustrated about that. Yeah. Uh, but I had, uh, older guys in the church that mm-hmm. I would look to. Like I, uh, a lot of, I remember, uh, a lot of older college guys that went to our church, they would take me out mm-hmm. and to movie or out to eat or something. And that, even though it was something that seemed really small, that meant so much mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. And I think that's why I'm still part of the church today because of, of that, of just small, some little things like that. Yeah. Cause these were guys who, I mean, they didn't have to, but they did, you know, they, uh, they kind of became that fatherly mm-hmm. every man figure. Yeah. That I could look up to. So I feel blessed that I had those positive Christian male influences to look up to. Um, especially my uh my youth minister at the time. He was just he he was I I mean he did so much yeah. for me and my family and uh yeah, he's like one of the main people that I say that he's one of my uh the, the uh one of the one of the guys that I really feel like really uh is why I'm still part of the church today. Like mm-hmm. he was, he influenced me so much, and I looked up to him a lot. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, Jake Sledge. Jake Sledge. Shout out to Jake Sledge. I don't even <laughs> know if he's gonna listen to this, but yeah. So <laughs> it played a huge role, um, and that's man. I I did five, more like seven years in youth ministry, and that I cannot tell you how many stories I've heard of that, where like it wasn't even like a, they did this one lesson that was just incredible, or like this this one like fun activity change. It was it was a whole lot of from students that. When I talk about what are some memories or some things you love, it was always like that man. They would they took me out to get get a drink from an unspecified drive-in place, or they you know they took me to a movie or to lunch, or, or we went to a baseball game. You know something simple like that. They said that's what makes all the difference, and that's a huge like you know you're just sharing life, and that's what it was. Because I think at that point you're in your life you're looking and thinking I had no dad to share my life with, and so these guys just all collectively step up and and don't fill the role per se but they do they do their part to fill a void that was definitely in your life at that how could it not be right Mm -hmm. so um from there you also had some experiences that you and i had talked about with with race coming in and and race not just not even in the church just in america and, and in your upbringing you had a really unfortunate experience at one point i think you said seventh grade or something like that where that oh, occurred yeah. with you what do you mind sharing what what happened there 
You don't have to go into like super close details, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I was in seventh grade, and my so-called friend at the time, who was white, um, I just remember we were walking back from lunch, uh, kind of near the the, the um, recreation area, and we were uh, walking back to toward the main building. And I just remember I was kind of playing around with him. Just joking around, mm-hmm. like, oh, come on, white guy. Or, you know, I was just, just playing, mm-hmm. and he just snapped and said, shut up, you, and he called me the N-word. Mm-hmm. And um, I just kind of stood there taken aback, like, what? Because it just, that, that really caught me off guard that he just blew up at me like that and said what he said. Mm-hmm. And the assistant principal, uh, he was standing off at a distance, but he was in earshot, so I know he heard everything. He heard what he said. Yeah, like did he look at you or he perked up? I saw or... him out of the corner of my eye because I, I could see him out of the corner of my eye. He just he walked up, and he was like, "Yo, get to class now, just get to class." And uh, I know my friend. He just turned and walked away, and I was still kind of standing there, kind of like in shock. So there's like no punishment for this kid. Not not even a. Did you really just say what I think you just said? None of it. No, yeah, I was just kind of standing there, and he, and I know he could. I mean, I know he could see me. I was, I was just standing there, and I was kind of like, really, just kind of standing in shock. And I kind of expected him to say something to him, but, and I remember, I, I slowly started to say, like, I can't believe he just said that to me. How could he just call me? I, I remember I was about to say something along those lines, because I was just kind of processing what happened in my twelve-year-old or thirteen-year-old brain or whatever yeah, it was yeah. at the time. And all he said to me was, just "Get to class," and he just walked off and. That was it. What was more shocking to you? The fact that your friend, because like this is a buddy of yours, right? Like you talked to him on a fairly regular basis at school. Yeah, like I knew him since like fifth grade. So what was what was more shocking to you? The fact that this kid who's like a friend of yours said something like that or the fact that a an assistant principal heard this and basically didn't even acknowledge that it took place. Which one was more like shocking or difficult for you to kind of deal with? Or maybe they was both. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was both, but it was more the fact that the principal didn't, the assistant principal didn't do anything about it. Yeah. How'd that make you feel? I I think, well, looking back, I think like that kind of, that, I don't know, it's kind of hard for me to talk about, but, uh, or to verbalize, but, yeah. uh, at that point, like, I feel like, uh, I struggled with talking about any kind of racial issues with white people, especially older white people, mm-hmm. because of instances like that. Mm-hmm. I felt like a lot of times, um, I mean, that wasn't the only time that something like that had happened growing up, mm-hmm. but I felt like if I verbalized any kind of uh, racial issue that I may have experienced as, as being black, like I would quickly get dismissed like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so you carry that with you for a long time. I mean, you still, that's still something where like, it still resonates with me. Yeah. Well, and you can still like picture like what you were wearing, what the kid was wearing, like what was said, where you were standing at the school when that took place. Like that's still like, and I have some of those memories myself of like things that I was doing, even as a little kid, like I can remember where I was, the kind of shoes I was wearing. And like, those are certain memories that just, they stick out to you. Um, now you probably don't remember anything that took place the next day at all, but Mm. you know, you do remember uh, that day and what took place then. So you get, you kind of carry that. You go off to college. Where'd you go to college? Angelo state. Angelo state. And what, what was kind of your experience of faith and church when you got out there? So, um, when I got to Angelo state, I went to, at first I started going to this church, uh, that was pretty small. Um, good people, you know. Uh, the I went to that church originally because it was kind of like the sister church to my home church growing up in okay. Abilene. Yeah. Um, you know, great people. I got along with the minister. The minister invited me over to eat a lot of times with his mm-hmm. family. Because it, it was me and this other girl that I grew up with in church. We both started going there. Uh, but we were kind of like the few younger people to go. And it was mostly mm-hmm. a lot of older people. Uh, or o- older people, I should say. And um, I couldn't really relate to mm-hmm. many people there. And it was, like I said, it was very small, really, really small congregation, smaller than our church. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I just remember at that at that time I really it was really important to me to be with uh people that I related to um uh fellow or fellow people in the church that were around like my age mm-hmm. uh that I could uh they were in my same kind of cohort and it was, that was kind yeah. of difficult cuz I went I kind of went through a, a rough patch in college um I would say like I was kind of um I mean, I still went, but I felt like I was kind of on the fence. Yeah. Uh, with my walk with Christ and everything, and I just at that, I just really, really needed to be to have uh, to be in an environment where there was more where I could gain support from people that I could relate to. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where it was a struggle for me. It kind so, of talks about you're looking for this community of fellow believers, but more so a community that you feel like you can really connect to on a more personal yeah. level. Yeah. So what happened from there? Yeah. So uh, I actually this this guy from my this uh, this guy that I previously like uh, met in college. He uh, I remember I just remember, I can't remember where I met him where I I first met him from, but I knew that he went to um, the Christian Camp Center on okay. campus because we had a Christian Camp Center. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right there on campus and. Um, I want to say I think maybe I I think maybe I visited once and so that's where I met him. So I ran into him again. This was a while back, like a few, like maybe like a month after that. I ran into him again in college and I saw him. And he saw me. He's like, "Oh hey, you should try coming more to the Christian Camp Center." And I was like, "Okay." And I started. Was and, it one of those? Okay, I was like, "Sure, I'll just tell you what you want to hear." <laughs> or was it like you're actually interested? Uh, I was, but I was a little hesitant. Um, cause I know, uh, and this is one thing that we kind of talked about. Um, it was, it would have been a different environment environment for me to go there because, uh, it was, uh, predominantly white okay. and I was used to being at mostly a congregation where there was, uh, more like that was predominantly black. Yeah. So I think that's one thing that I was kind of like hesitant to, mm-hmm. uh, just not, not that, you know, I have issues with white people it's just mm-hmm. like our worship styles are different yeah the culture's different the culture's different yeah and it's not a good or bad thing it's yeah. just it's different yeah yeah so uh but i knew at that point that i was at it spiritually where i just needed i needed something that's yeah. i just this is that's this my head i was <laughs> I'll i take just whatever need i can get i just, need just give me white people <laughs> 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 uh yeah but no but really i i went through like really, like I was, I went through a rough time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I just felt like really spiritually like, empty, mm. and I was doing things, going places where, um, as a Christian, probably weren't the best uh, places to be mm-hmm. or things that I should be doing. I, I just was at that point right now, uh, where I just kind of just needed, I just needed, I don't know. It's like I just needed, you know, like water. You know, mm. I needed water. Like when you're thirsty, you, you yeah, you're you in know, that you, spiritual that, desert, man. Yeah, you, you know, that desert. I need, I need that water. You know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I was just so I, I just I went ahead and I went, and uh, everyone was really nice, really cool. Mm. I remember the first time I went, we it was a um, they had a game night on a Friday night, okay, and that's when I first started to get involved with the Christian Camp Center. That was sponsored, uh, and it, it was uh, sponsored by the John Street Church of Christ. Okay. Uh, and um, I, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun. And that was like the first Friday night at that point where I wasn't out, you know, at the club or something. Mm-hmm. You know, just having fun, playing games, just eating and just chilling and like. Sounds like you was, found a sense of belonging that yeah. you're looking for. Yeah, and there I was in a Christian environment with other, yeah, uh, other other believers, and it was refreshing. It was just really that's why I just remember that it was it was really refreshing for me just to be around that again. And you're, well, you're drinking from that water you're talking yeah, about, like yeah, that yeah. fountain's coming out. <laughs> yeah, and um, from that point on, that's when I started going more regularly mm-hmm. to the Christian Campus Center, and I started to uh, become a part of the. Uh, Oh, uh, Rams for Christ because we were Angel, we were Angel State Rams, and okay. they had, it was Rams the Christ, it yeah. was yeah we were the Rams for Christ. Yeah. So that's when I started to become part of that. Okay, so, awesome. Yeah, so, and I started going to John Street Church of Christ uh, on um, for Sunday worship services. Okay, awesome. So you go through, and I, so you finish college, 
going that, like going that route and you're you're very active there so you finish college what's the next step for you um so i after college was hard i went uh i had to come back to abilene uh my i was i had like no money <laughs> i had to move back into my mom um and I really, like, that was actually a really low point in my life because I just, out of college, I expected things to be different. Mm-hmm. And it was like, here I am at home again. I don't have a job. I don't have money. And I'm just here. Mm-hmm. And I remember that, um, yeah, I kind of I went through a little bit of a depression. Yeah. I remember just waking up in my bedroom and just not wanting to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember at the time I really wanted to uh, go to a different uh, church. I didn't want to go back to the church that I grew up at. I wanted to go explore a different church and everything. So I was, I was I starting mean, to do you that. You did experience some hurt at that previous church. Yeah. So you don't have to dive into that. Yeah. But that was part of what that was. You that to was part of progress. it. Yeah. Um, but uh, but more so, like I just felt like I spiritually wanted need to do grow somewhere else, mm-hmm. and. Um, I uh, that was that was my main point for trying to seek somewhere else to mm-hmm. to go to. Yeah, and yeah, it, absolutely. Uh, it kind of affected me just not having that. I wanted stability. I wanted to go to a church so where I could just put down roots. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was just a hard time, and my family was going through stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, so to add to that, um, but so yeah, it was. Uh, after college, it was a little hard, but slowly things started to uh, come around. I uh, ended up going to Oldham Lane Church of Christ, and because uh, a friend that I grew up with uh, in church, he started going there, mm-hmm. and it turns out my youth minister was there too. Oh, cool! Yeah, okay. and he was one of the uh, he was one of the ministers there, and yeah, I started going to to that church, and I really liked it. And yeah, so that's where, uh, that's where I started going for a few years. Tell me this, did you have like at any point in your life, so like mine was a little similar where I was born, bred and raised in the church. Yeah. Like, and anytime the doors were open, I was there. Uh, my church was, that I grew up at was, I don't know, like 300-ish. Um, did you have like an aha moment? Like a, you've grown up there the whole time, but at some point you're like, this Jesus thing, this church movement, God moving in the like that's a real thing. Did that was there ever a point where you're like, okay, this this Christianity thing, it is a real this isn't just something that people convince themselves of so they can sleep better at night. Like this is a real thing. God is truly moving in the world. Did that ever happen for you? I would say in college when I was uh kind of going through that rough patch, like mm-hmm. after that. Okay. When I started going to the Church Camp Center and going to uh, the uh, Johnson Street Church of Christ, uh, I think it's just kind of a series of different things that kind of really, when I got more serious about my walk, mm-hmm. um, and I really realized that, uh, I, came, I kind of came to this realization, like, you know, I grew up in church. A lot of the people that I grew up around in church, some of them didn't go anymore. You know, and I just, that's, it's a, like experience, you know, my experiences and then kind of seeing where everyone else was at mm-hmm. kind of was, it kind of, uh, I kind of got this aha, that aha moment, like, yeah. wow, okay. So, you know, for those of us who did grow up in church, there comes a point where it's like, it's really about, uh, when you get older, you, it's really about your, your decision. Are you going to stay with this or not? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's, um. Uh, and sadly, some people some people don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, it's about you and the Lord, and, and you know, it's not so much about your church family that you grew up with. I mean, they are still a part of your yeah. life, but really, it's it's your decision. Mm-hmm. You know, are you going to be serious about this walk with Christ, or is this? Are you not? I mean, you just have to make that decision at yeah. some point. Well, and college is a big point for that too, for a yeah. lot of people like you and me who grow up in the church, mm-hmm. because. Even if you stay local or stay nearby, you're spending so much more time in a different culture and atmosphere that mm-hmm. is the college atmosphere 
that you're not going to be able to hang out with all the families and everybody that you used to. So I, I had mm. the same, I had a similar experience where there's three or four families. Like we did everything. Like we did some family vacations, like just our families together. Mm-hmm. Loved them, still do. They're fantastic. Um, but yeah, once I went off to college, I, I, I hit a point too where I had to decide, okay, is this Christianity thing? Am I for real about this or not? Mm. And yeah, I mean, that's kind of crunch time. Sometimes I think it's crunch time, like, for God to move, but I, I think most of the time is, do we want to actually accept Jesus? Because mm-hmm. our whole life leading up to it, was it really that much of a choice? Like, even if you and I were like, we don't want anything to do with Jesus, like, we're still going to church. We don't mm-hmm. have a choice because the families we were raised in, right? Which mm-hmm. sounds like a bad thing. It's a really good thing. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, like, there does come that breaking point where we've got to decide. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's really cool. So um, you get connected at Oldham Lane. Eventually, you end up moving. Mm-hmm. Where where do you go? What do you do? Yeah, so I I end up going to Detroit. Um, yeah, I know, like big jump. <laughs> yeah, you gave no build up to that whatsoever. Just yeah, like, yeah, so I went to Detroit. <laughs> yeah, not like Detroit, Texas. I don't know if that's a city or not, but it, it was no, Detroit, Detroit, Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, big big jump, big city. Um, so I really I really wanted to leave Abilene. It's just a long point. I really wanted to leave Abilene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was like, I was at the point where I was like, okay, I'm back here for now, but I am not staying here. Because <laughs> um, I um, I really got more serious about wanting to pursue film production. Okay. Uh, it was always... It's kind of like a platform off the stage. The stage yeah, yeah. It was like... Your dad was doing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, cool. I remember in Angelo State, uh, I really did want to explore film and TV, mm-hmm. pro- but Angelo State didn't really have the program for that. It was mostly more like radio TV, and it was that was more focused on like journalism, mm-hmm. and that's a little bit different. Yeah. And at the time, I just don't think that really interest interested me. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, but yeah, I know. Uh, flash forward or yeah, fast forward to uh, me searching for uh, getting more serious about wanting to pursue film production. Um, I should say I got more serious about it actually from experience in Angelo State because um, for a little while in Angelo State, after I graduated, I worked at a, at, um, a domestic violence shelter. Okay. And that's the thing. That's that's what really changed me there. What, what I really that? Did you dive into like what that is? A domestic violence shelter? Oh, I didn't. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, domestic violence shelter. Okay. Yeah. You said it really fast. Sorry. I, 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 yeah, yeah. No, sorry. I, yeah, I worked okay. at a domestic, a domestic violence shelter okay. for, uh, for a little while. And the experiences... The things I experienced there, like it really made me want to tell people stories, mm, yeah, and educate people. Okay, um, especially cause, like part of my job there was um, working with the kids, mm-hmm. uh, helping the child therapist with the uh, evening kids program. So it was open to anybody or mainly kids. Mainly like the the kids okay. uh, in the shelter, okay, uh, whose uh, mothers uh, maybe had to be. Uh, had to go to work or mm-hmm. taken to a, a counseling session or something. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, I just I don't I, I don't want to get into too much yeah, too yeah. much into no, that because confidentiality. No, but kids, yeah. I I experienced a lot of uh, things there that really was like wow I really want to tell people stories mm-hmm. what have people been through yeah and um, not just that but being in my upper levels of uh, I studied social work in college uh, so I got my degree in. Uh, my bachelor's in social in sociology and I got minor in social work. So I took a lot of human behavior classes and social work practice classes. And that's, that's also influenced me uh, to get into film production because of, we watch, we watch a lot of documentaries mm-hmm. and I found out that docu uh, a documentary filmmakers is actually part of social work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I remember reading it in this, uh, we had this book 100 careers in social work and uh, documentarian is actually one of them. So that's wow, what really kind of okay. steered me into the film production route mm-hmm. so I could do documentaries. Okay. So uh, I found uh, I found out that uh, Wayne State University in Detroit had a program that was, um, uh, had a graduate program uh, that was formulated for uh, to people, or that was tailored for people who maybe don't have a strong background in film or media. Okay. So that's why I kind of took a chance and applied and I got in. Nice. So Cool. Yeah, so I... Uh, I I went ahead and I went and that was a, it was so different just being in a big <laughs> city from like small little Abilene Texas. It's cold. It's cold. <laughs> it's like yeah. when I first man when I first when I got the plane it was snowing and people up there don't stop because of snow you know mm-hmm. in Abilene you know when it snows 
like we all shut down. Yeah, yeah. Canceled. Yeah, we no, see, yeah, not it there. like the apocalypse. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, not there. People up there. I told people that up there, and they're like, "Why?" Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's like that's a Tuesday. For yeah, me. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. So you you mentioned doing documentaries. You're really fascinated by them. What is a documentary that you would recommend for anybody listening right now? You're like, that's a really cool experience. Something to see. What's a good documentary besides Tiger King? Not that oh, any of us have ever seen Tiger King before. <laughs> what would be your recommendation? Ooh, uh, that's a good question because there's a few that come to mind. Um, I would say, well, actually, this this is on Netflix now. Uh, the uh, I would uh, recommend Thirteenth. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's by director. A- I can't say her name. I'm gonna get it wrong. Ava DuVernay. I. I- Okay, yeah. yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. I have not gotten to see it yet, but I'm going to check it out. I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It really uh, it talks about uh, – it, it really kind of brings to light uh, uh, Afri- uh, black, uh, what, pe- what black people uh, go through here in America mm-hmm. with the criminal justice system. Yeah. And I think people – that's something to see so people can educate themselves on that. Yeah. And how – Really, the rate, the criminal justice system, really how it treats African Americans, mm-hmm. and how things really do need change. Yeah, yeah. So you eventually end up in San Antonio. How did you end up here? Um. So I, I well actually came here quite a bit when I was younger. Okay. Because I have I have cousins that live here. Yeah, that's right. And uh, we would come here for our family. This is mostly where our family reunions would be held. Okay. Um, last of the time it was in Vegas. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> but we all still what met a here. Drastic difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we all met here. and We took a bus to Vegas, nice. so okay. that was fun. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is where we would have our family reunion. So I, growing up, I would come here every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but a couple years ago, uh, I I was really looking to finish my film education because unfortunately stuff happened in Detroit, and I wasn't that able to finish okay. uh, my film program up there. Long story, but uh, I was just kind of look. I was back in Abilene and like looking to go again. I was, I was like, again, I'm not staying here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I gotta go. I'm not staying here. <laughs> yeah. Um, to do what I want to do, to do what I uh, to uh, to really get more experiences in film. I cannot stay in Abilene. That's just kind of uh-huh. like my thought. Yeah. And uh, at first, I I found a school uh, a uh, a community college here that. Uh, seemed really similar to the one I was in in Detroit. Mm-hmm. I had the same film program. Okay. So uh, I went ahead and uh, opportunity opened up for me to, to move here. Um, so, yeah, that's kind so of So paid off, now, yeah. and then you're looking for churches, and who do you find? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so uh, I started coming Northwest because uh, the minister at Oldham Lane – uh, I knew I was I, I was talking to him and I and I told him I was about to move to San Antonio, and did he recommend any churches? Mm-hmm. And he said that he had some friends that uh, that uh, went to Northwest, and he said I don't know I'm not that familiar with the church, but you may want to give it. Uh, a who shot. was it? Uh, Chris McCurley. Okay. Yeah. Like the people who went here. Chris oh no 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 the minister back uh, back home at Old Lane Church Chris McCurley. Yeah, yeah, um, but who did he recommend? Who he said? Oh, he didn't tell me their names. Oh, he just yeah, he just yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, he didn't tell me their names. Okay, so I don't know, but um, you probably still haven't met those people yet. Awesome. I think they're gone. <laughs> Maybe. They yeah, might they be. might be gone. I don't well, know. I mean, it's San Antonio. It's like yeah. one of those transient cities in the United States. So yeah, yeah. who knows? Yeah. So uh, I remember I was visiting. Um, I was I visited I visited San Antonio first, obviously to kind of let, get a layout of you know the area and everything yeah. before I moved here. So I stayed with some college friends. I have a lot of college friends that live here, so I was staying with one of them uh, for like uh, a couple of days while I was kind of like driving around looking at apartments and stuff like that. And I, I it was a Wednesday night. I came here because uh, I was like, oh yeah, this is that church that uh, my mister was ta- was talking about. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I came in and uh, met a few people here, and uh, then when I actually came back here to actually live in San Antonio, like maybe a couple months later, I came back, and uh, of course there were more people here because it was Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> there's um, way more on Sunday than Wednesdays, yeah. Um, met a few more people, and, uh, and but I was still, I didn't really 
just settle on Northwest. I, I was mm-hmm. kind of still looking around mm-hmm. for churches, you know, didn't want to, just wanted to be open. Yeah. Uh, keep, my, keep my options open. Uh, visited around a little bit more, and then uh, I came back on Wednesday and I met you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, do you remember, it was Quinn Britt who introduced mm-hmm. us. Quinn just happened to run into you first, which is kind of great. Quinn, if you're listening to this, you're going to be on this podcast <laughs> at some point, man. Even if I have to go to your therapy sessions, Quinn, you're going to be on this podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, and we get introduced, and we just start talking, and we find some different commonalities. We start hanging out. You are one of my five-year-old son's like favorite people <laughs> in the entire church. Uh, if you watch some of our Facebook Live videos from like when the COVID first started, if we made mention to my son, hey, Gatlin, uh, Doug is watching online, he would cease talking to us and just look <laughs> at the camera and just talk to you. Despite the fact there was like 20 other people watching, the same time, he would just talk to Doug the whole time. And I think you were the only adult who scored an invite to his birthday party. Oh, yeah. I forgot you, about that. <laughs> you, were, you were big time. At, you were big time. He came right up to man. me and he's like... Doug, do you going to come to my birthday party? <laughs> I was like, yes, I'm coming. <laughs> and he got so happy. <laughs> so, yeah, Gallon, Gallon's the man. You yeah, know? <laughs> so, so, what have, uh, so you've, you've been here about two years. So, and you said you, you visited other churches. What made you stick around? Um, I really wanted to be part of the, uh, I know at the time when I was coming, they were trying to build up the young adult. Mm hmm. Uh, ministry, you know, group, and that's something that I was really looking for. Yeah. Um. So, and I remember meeting you. You were t- kind of telling me more about it, and he was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah." In uh, I think I did tell you at the time. I was like, "Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm still kind of looking around." He's like, yeah. "Well," and you said, "You said, well, I hope you come back and maybe uh, come on this journey with us as we uh, revamp this our uh, young adult uh, ministry." And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I still remember that, and. Uh, so I started coming more and I'm still here. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. I forgot I to know. leave a while back. I just keep showing up. Awesome. No, and I mean, like, you know, we've been through this pandemic. We are recording on November 2nd. And so we are, this is what, month eight that the pandemic has really been in effect mm. here in, in the San Antonio area. We're, we're coming up on eight months. So that's I think that's been a big big difference maker too is that it doesn't feel like there's quite as many people around but part of it has to do with COVID affected I mean it affected everybody I know about churches that had like 1,200 people regularly on Sundays they've yet to break 100 and so we were around 400 ish before COVID hit and right now we're around 150 175 people which still it sounds sad but. When you take into account, uh, especially when you take into account how many people are watching online, mm-hmm. um, we actually are doing pretty well overall. But yeah, that's the the pandemic has like been an interesting effect. How have you dealt? How have you fared through this whole thing? Honestly, for me, like at first, I was like, well, I'm good with this because I'm an introvert anyway, and so. Um, you know, at first when we went into the whole lockdown and uh, everything, I was like, oh, I could stay home. I could read Netflix. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> you yeah. know, and I have to go to work. I want to see people. Good. <laughs> but no, but after a while, uh, I really, really did miss the community, the mm-hmm. church community. I missed being around uh, just people in the church, my friends mm-hmm. in the church, uh and a lot of the young adult groups that I I, I, I sometimes go to some Bible studies uh, at um, this young professionals group uh, at another church. In, yeah, yeah, in, the uh, midweek ACC yeah, group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. I sometimes go that, and I missed I missed them. Yeah. Like I missed being there around the community, and I realized, uh, you know, that's I mean that is so important in your in your Christian walk to have mm-hmm. that support. Um, and it's really hard when you're not around it. Um, I mean, it was, I will say like, it was a good time for me to just focus on Christ yeah, and have more of that time with him without the distraction of work or everything else. I did, I thought that was really, uh, that was really important just to really refocus my time on him. But at the same time, it was hard just being away from mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah. You know? And you know, you and I have had several conversations about, uh, why it's difficult for millennials like us. We're, you're 32, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're both 32. So We've had conversations about why is it so tough for millennials to be part of a church. You sent me a video that 
after looking at it, at first I was like, okay, here we go. And after watching, I was like, that actually is really, really true. Why do you think it's tough for millennials to really commit to being an active part of a church, any church? Mm, um, well, actually, well, for a little bit back in Abilene, I actually uh, studied this a little bit. This uh, I worked with a uh, faith-based media production company. Well, I kind of, I was like their volunteer intern okay. uh, yeah, a little cool. bit, and they let me kind of jump some projects with them. Mm-hmm. Um and the guys that ran it, they were, I knew them, uh, they knew me when I was growing up in church. So, uh, and one of the, one of the things they wanted to do was do a little documentary about that very subject, about mm. why millennials are leaving the church. Mm-hmm. Um, cause a lot of people, I guess for those who don't know, statistically, like we're, uh, the millennials are like the most, uh, non-church going, yeah. non-religious group out of our the previous ones our so. generation's not about that life yeah <laughs> um, not us just yeah just yeah just in general <laughs> um so yeah my job was to kind of go and um take camera equipment and just interview uh people around my age mm-hmm. to kind of hear from their mouths why i think it is yeah and uh a lot of it is um a lot of a lot of it is like they've been through hurt in the church yeah they uh they witnessed hypocrisy mm. in the church and that, that just kind of took them out of it. Yeah. And like, Oh, if this is what church is. Then I don't want to be a part of it. Um, a lot of it also has to do with, uh, you know, like, uh, issues like churches aren't really going into issues like homosexuality. Yeah. They're like trying that. to avoid yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, and so if, if you could give one piece of advice to not just our church, but all churches, what would be something that would bring in millennials or be something that not necessarily bring them in so much as like, if they showed up and saw this going on, they would be drawn to it. I would say just, we're looking for, for genuineness. Like that's what I kind of felt. Um, I mean, even doing my interviews on mm-hmm. this topic with people, like they just want genuine, authentic people, uh, lessons don't try to, uh, I think a lot of, I think, uh, well, coming from just, uh, from what a lot of millennials say, like a lot of people in the church come off as fairly, really righteous mm. and trying to put up a front, like they're perfect and the most holy person. And, uh, when we know we're not. Yeah. And, um, yeah, if, I would say, especially for me, like I like hearing genuine, authentic stories or testimonies. So I would feel like don't be afraid to be don't don't be afraid to be genuine. Yeah, and be like because Christianity, it's hard. It's mm. rough. You're gonna go through hard times. Not everyone's perfect, and people need to see that that it's that the church is a place for imperfect people. Yes. Well, and in a, and I'll even like kind of take it a step further. Where you're talking mm. about like. They don't want hypocrites. Mm-hmm. And then usually what, what I will hear, and maybe you, you might identify with this, they're like, oh, well, I mean, I sin too. And then they'll dive into like, I cussed one time or, or I, I broke the speed limit on occasion. And like, come on, man, give me the smoke is mm-hmm. what I want, you know? Yeah. Like if that's the worst thing you ever did, then like you're, you're not Jesus status, but goodness you're mighty close like mm-hmm. i want to know like did you really really mess up and and i i know that makes it sound like putting sins at a higher that are like more constant but the truth is some sins have higher consequences than others and that mm-hmm. doesn't make them worse or better in god's eyes they just mm-hmm. have higher consequences some sins come with a prison sentence you know that that's just that's how the world works and so um, I, like for me, if, if I struggle with addiction, I want to know, does anyone else in this church struggle with it? Because if the answer is no, I don't want any part of this church. Mm-hmm. If, if there's someone who's been through something really, really horrible, like for you, the loss of a parent, if that's something, and, and like you talk a little bit about how you struggle with anger and frustration, maybe there was even a little bit of doubt in there. Like it would be really, really great if you knew that at the church you were at, when that happened, that there was someone else who experienced something at least similar to that, that would go a whole, a long, long way as opposed to, well, you know, we all sin. Like, yeah, of course we all sin. Like, I don't think anybody's debating that. It's more the, have you ever had stuff in life that was really hard? Mm-hmm. And are you willing to actually talk about it? That's a bit, that's like the authenticity that I think you're talking about is yeah. 
like not just let's just skim the surface because we don't want to share because i've had people say one well, yeah i'm a sinner i mess up and I, and I say okay would you be willing to share your story well i don't want people to know all those things about me okay that's what drives millennials away like tell every and yeah there might be certain things you're like look i'm just not ready for this but hopefully you can find at some point in your life you're willing to be transparent about that because yeah i i respond to that too and that's part of like some of the churches that i've left i've i looked back and i thought they they talked a big game about they were imperfect but they never really dove into why they were mm -hmm. imperfect or how they became that way because i don't want to know that so i can lord it over you. i want to know what how god made you whole after that mm -hmm. and because we won't talk about it i'm not sure that there is that wholeness that we're that we're looking for and talking about so um that's a little bit of my soapbox but like i'm on the same one that you're at and that's that's, no, yeah. that's a big part of it so uh man well we love you and we're so mm -hmm. thankful that we've had you as uh as a part of our church you've been chipping away at your cherry line how far how far into it are you did they give you a cherry that's that's a big deal to me. Oh, I don't know. I wouldn't honestly. I wouldn't care if they gave me a cherry because I'm not. I don't. I don't like cherries. Oh, okay. Just the flavor. So of it yeah, just the flavor. Okay, yeah. Nice. Well, thanks so much for joining us and being a part. I, I feel like this went fairly well for this being the very first time. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I didn't know, honestly. I didn't know. I was like. I don't know. I didn't know. I was like. Are I was you comfortable the first sharing what, what you told me? About, no, I am. I, about yeah. ten minutes before when you called me, what you said. On the oh. <laughs> Okay, for, so I forgot all about this. Honestly, I forgot all about this. I thought he was y'all. I thought he was just inviting me to his house, and then he texted me. Some he said like, "So what drink do you want for the podcast?" I was like, "What? Oh, oh, right." And I was already here at the church, like five minutes away, pretty much. So I was like, "Oh, well, let's do let's do this." So you're on a minute's notice, man. You killed it. All right. Well, we love we love you, dude, and love to you guys out there. We'll be talking to you soon. Y'all have a good one. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening in on our podcast. A huge shout out to Doug Day for coming in and being so transparent, sharing his stories and things he's been through. Hopefully you were able to connect with that one way or another. Be sure to pat him on the back next time you see him. We're looking forward to having so many other people on for the podcast here in the near future. So stick around, be sure to like, share, subscribe, and let's share some more stories of what God is doing in the world. Y'all have a good week. Shine for you. Look how I shine for. Look at the stars.